0: Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games, art, rules, gameplays, and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hey guys, welcome to Solo BG. My name is Derek, and we are here to another episode full of gaming, full of uh, reviews, and full of cooperative solo games everything and tonight or today or this afternoon depends on which song are you listening or which time of the day is right now either here in america or in europe or in uh you know i don't know south america or china wherever you listen to welcome and please stay for the show for this episode we're going to talk about a game that i was really looking forward to try uh, you know, since Kickstarter and all the stuff, and then now, fortunately, it's a game that you can find in all the gaming stores, and it's a very different, and well, different at some point in mechanics. But it's very, I think, it's different from what recently we're used to, uh, to you know, the mechanics that we have in the most recent games, even if it's a work placement or, or uh, you know, dungeon crawling or whatever. You know, the mechanics usually they're very similar. Um, in, depending on the theme, right? Like some dungeon crawlers are very similar to other ones or some work placements are very similar to other ones or deck buildings and so on. I feel like the mechanics are... Uh, it feels similar. It feels, feels friendly, but at the same time, it has some variations that allows the games to be different and to feel different mechanic-wise. And it's a game that you can play it solo, you can play it cooperative, you can play it competitive... And that's a great plus about this game. Uh, and I'm talking about Call to Adventure. I'm really excited and I'm really looking forward to this episode. You know, to talk about the review, to talk about the game, how it plays, the difference between the modalities and everything. So, and it's also a game that a lot of people, a lot of you gamers, they were looking forward. Now, I, I remember, I, well, recently, like a week ago or a week and a half ago, uh, I post our first YouTube video, which, by the way, you can look for us now on YouTube. At Solo BG Podcast, just look for us there, YouTube, Solo BG Podcast, and subscribe. And so far, I only had upload a video of the unboxing of the Call to Adventure. I'm looking forward to uh, record a playthrough of Call to Adventure as well. But anyway, the game it seems like it's having a lot of success around the gamers because I've seen especially on the solo board gamers Facebook group or in the board game group uh, or even of the board game geek uh, community too. I see like a lot of people is playing this game. A lot of people just got it from Kickstarter, you know, with the nice neoprene print mat and all that stuff. And some people are lucky enough to find it on their gaming store and they've been playing this game. So, it's a very unique game. I, I like it a lot. I mean, it's one of the big surprises. Uh, my expectations were very high for this game once again since I saw it on Kickstarter and... They still high because I've been enjoying it a lot. But before we talk about the game for tonight or for today or for this evening or afternoon episode, let me tell you a little bit of what I've been playing on this uh, most recent week. And besides called War, well, I've been playing Call to Adventure a lot. So I've been trying Call to Adventure solo. I've been trying to cooperative and competitive, uh, two players, three players. And it's a very fun game. And I will tell you what I think at the end. But anyway, I've been playing Call to Adventure I've also been playing a lot Teotihuacan, or the correct name is Teotihuacan, but I hear in some YouTubers, they call it Teotihuacan or Teotihuacan or, you know, different kind of names, which I don't blame. I mean, it's, it's, even in Spanish, it's hard. <laughs> so Teotihuacan, City of Gods, uh, I've been playing a lot too, and it's it's a, it's one of the, my favorites for this year, for sure. Uh, so it, that would be on my top for this year, spoiler alert when the time comes and we start to do our top 10 or our top five for the first semester of the year or for just the whole year, depends on how we're going to do it for the solo BG podcast gaming award. uh, Definitely the Tiwakan will be there. I've been playing the Tiwakan. I also been playing competitive back to the future. Like I, like I mentioned on the previous episode, I believe Uh, probably it's not a, it's not like a great, great game. The reviews are not very good for the game, but since I'm a huge back to the future fan, you know, I've been playing it and I've been enjoying it as well. Uh, also, I've been playing House of Danger, the most recent episode. If you haven't checked it out or listened it out, go to our previous episode after you listen this one and look for the House of Danger, Choose Your Own Adventure. I've been playing that one. I already played it three times and like I said on the episode, uh, I mean three times after the episode. Still, I don't have the same ending. Even if I take similar paths, I, I don't memorize the whole thing. So, usually, I mean, I've been getting different endings and different, uh, you know, curves of the history. So, that's good. That that adds the game a little bit of replayability. Also, in that episode, I mentioned that I was looking forward to see some expansions from Seaman Games, uh, you know, for the Choose Your Own Adventure books uh, by R.A. Montgomery and after I post the episode on air on Twitter and Facebook and all this stuff, I saw a Twitter from Seaman Games asking to everybody which uh, book from the Choose Your Own Adventure from Montgomery the people wanted to see in a game. So I have some feelings that I'm probably on the Gen Con mainly. We will have the expansion release and, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's a good game. Once again, House of Danger, Choose Your Own Adventure. I also been playing one of the, our first episodes of the show. Uh, was about Tiny Epic Zombies. And I've been playing Tiny Epic Zombies recently too. I played cooperatively with uh, our friends Jonathan and Caleb, and it was good. We we won. I mean, it's a, it's a hard game when you play solo. One of the things that I noticed of this game, and probably I didn't mention it on the episode, uh, is that on Tiny Epic Zombies, you know, if you play solo, you will have three objectives to accomplish. Like either, like, I don't know, like in the mall, you will fix the helicopter, you will find the exit, and you will rescue the... The little girl from the from the zombies, uh, and you have three objectives when you are playing solo. If you play cooperative, you still have three objectives. So it's easier if you play with the more the more characters you play will be easier. So I wanted to mention this because in in usually in some games if you add more players the difficulty or the challenge increase as well. But in this one it stays the same, which you know I mean it's fine. But I think I still prefer Tiny Epic Zombies solo, because of, it's more challenging, and also, you know, I think, like, the the cards that you use to set up the mat, sometimes the, the text is very small, so if you are in a, you know, in a table and playing with three or four people, I mean, somebody's going to have difficulty to read, you know, all those, all those small texts through the table, across the table, so because of that also, I think Tiny Epic Zombies is a very good game from Gambling Games, but I, once again, talking a little bit about one of our first episodes of the show, I think Tiny Epic Zombie, uh, I can uh, confirm at this point that it plays better as a solo game. And of course, i also been playing Star Wars, Imperial Assault, the campaign on the app. It's two thumbs up. Uh, you know, it's one of my, definitely is going to be on the top two because I've been playing it a lot. I'm, I'm keeping record like probably a lot of you, amazing listeners and friends. You keep, uh, you know, your record of the game on the board game app. And I do the same and Imperial Assault by far is the the number one. Uh, And yeah, so that's what I've been playing recently. Other game that I'm really looking forward to play and try that is going to be released, uh, I think, during the summer, probably by Gen Con. uh, It's the new Lord of the Rings from Fantasy Flight Games, which is uh, the middle aired one. And it comes with miniatures and with, uh, you know, different tiles. And it feels like with the the app, it gives you the feeling like Manchester Madness dungeon crawling. But it's Lord of the Rings. So, you know, Lord of the Rings theme is amazing. So I'm really looking forward to try that game as well. The living card game of Lord of the Rings, I really enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to have this dungeon crawling. But now with the Lord of the Rings and, you know, be able to, with the hobby to kick some, uh, you know, little bit, uh, you know, all the baddies. But, but anyway, uh, the other one that I'm looking forward to is the Outer Rim Star Wars also for Fantasy Flight, uh, by Corey Kanishka, which recently we had an interview with him. If you haven't checked it out, go, it's the, it's not the previous episode, it's the, the one before that one. We did an interview with Corey Kanishka and, you know, we talk about some stuff, some cool stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go and listen to it right now, as soon as this episode finished. So with all being said, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Call to Adventure Craft your hero, climb your destiny, and let's see how the box looks. Boxing car. Okay, so here we are in the boxing cover, and literally I have the box in front of me here. So I'm gonna be moving it. Probably you will hear the noise and everything. But like I mentioned before, why you know the idea of this uh, this show is to give you at certain point, besides the review and and our thoughts, also to give you the feeling of an unboxing, but you know, just through the audio without watching anything on YouTube. Now we will have it on YouTube, like as like I mentioned before. We now already have our YouTube channel. Look for us, and we have the unboxing of this game over there. But anyway. You have the main cover, which is amazing. Left side showing you the evil path, like if you became kind of a you know like a dangerous and evil person. Well, you will go to you will take that dark side path. That's what it represents on the box. Left side the dark, right side the light, and it says "Call to Adventure" very nice, with a kind of a diamond between the letters, and it says "Craft your hero in the dark, claim your destiny on the good side." It plays one to four players, age thirteen plus, thirty to sixty minutes. I totally agree with the time. That's one of the things that I really liked from this game that it plays fast. It won't take that much to set up and it won't take that much to play. Designed by Chris and Johnny O'Neill. And then on the side of the box, we have The Call to Adventure again, and it's by Brotherwise Games. Now, I will tell you a little bit about Brotherwise Games in a little bit. Um, it's this box that I got is the first edition, first printing, all right reserves, of course. And, you know, it tells you on the bottom of the box the website from Brotherwise Games. And, again, the information of the players. And, like I said, on the left side of the box, it's all, like, dark. And if you want to choose that path. And on the right side, more like an adventure light th- stuff. And then you have a flyer on the box that it talks about Brotherwise Games. And it tells you that if you enjoy a cultural adventure, to try the other games from them. They, they are already published on Earth uh also the famous boss monsters in all their versions which i like it a lot and so it tells you that's i wanted to tell you that about Brotherwise that they are the the publishers of uh boss monsters and then you have their rule book pretty nice pretty full color and it's at 13 double side pages that it explains you all the rules and you all that you will need to know about the game one of the things that I really appreciate on every rule book for different games is when they put the quick start guide. And in Call to Adventure, on the back of the rule book, you will find the quick start guide that will tell you the object of the game, the setup, very simplified. Uh, what do you do on your turn, and uh, you know what do you do in the different acts because this game plays through acts. We will we explain that once we jump into the gameplay section, and also describe the rules because this game doesn't use dice; it uses runes that you will need to cast in order to succeed through the path that you decide to take and then you have four different mat cardboard very nice you know I, I thought that they were going to be paper but no cardboard and i like them i'm not a huge fan of the cardboard i have probably mentioned that before a few times but the mats they're very good full color it has the track on the left at the bottom the description of every single uh you know action or or rune that if you get the results what's gonna happen then you're gonna have a very nice very lovely divider for your runes you can hear it here i'm literally shaking the plastic tray and it doesn't fall or anything like that it's very nice it's like a tray divider already for the game in small circles uh areas um and you have like a plastic that it like it works like the cover of the tray so in that way you don't need to you know keep it on a Messy C block No, you keep everything divided here. I love to do this here on the divider tray for the runes and for the trackers. And then you will have all the uh, it's called tarot. I hope I said it in, in English correctly tarot T A R O T in Spanish is tarot tarot card size. They're, I believe, uh, 70 millimeters by 120. I think. Hope I'm not incorrect. Uh, yeah, I think it's that. Well, anyway, I got my my um my sleep protectors for the tarot cards uh, by fantasy flight and they fit perfect in the box and i wanted to mention this because uh i saw on board game geek before i got these ones what are what are the people were using for the tarot cards uh, for the game and a lot of people they were using different brands but there was one person that mentioned that the fantasy flight they uh fit perfect on the dividers on the box from the box I'm sorry. So I decided to go for that ones, And yes, I agree. They fit perfectly. So if you're going to get some sleeves for this game, make sure that for the tarot cards, at least it's from Fantasy Flight. I heard that the other uh, brands, once you put them on the box, the corners start to bend a little bit. But anyway, you have the tarot card size. Uh, uh, name it one, two, three, which is the axe. And then um, you will have other tarot size cards with some uh, symbols like three, uh, like trees, I'm sorry, and they represent your, uh, you know, some of your destinies that you will experience during the game. That I want once again, I will explain during the gameplay. Then you will have a very nice uh, experience tokens or destiny tokens on color red. Like they represent like small beautiful stones or diamonds, but they're very well plastic. You know, they look very nice, very fancy. And then you have a bunch of cards as well for the hero deck and for the anti-hero deck and for the uh bad guys when you play solo cooperative and then you will have a score sheet because this game is by like victory points you have a score sheet uh very nice very small that you will be able to keep track of your uh, points in that way at the end you know we uh you can decide or you can uh you know can with the result of who is the winner of this game if you're playing solo well it's also a good way to keep track of the score anyway this is the box and cover, and I already jumped to tell you what it's inside the box as well. So for this episode only, we're not going to do the classic uh, uh, inside the box uh, section since I'm already talking about it. So what you will find inside the box, let me tell you the setups here. I have a, um, the setup, not the components, sorry. I have it here the rule book, so in that way, I don't do any mistake at all. So wh- what is going to come inside the box? It's going to come 45 character cards. Um, these are the ones that I told you about the tree symbol. You have, you know, the 15 Origin, which they represent like bronze color kind of. And then you have 15 Motivation, which their blue. And 15 Destiny, which they are like red and gold. And then you have 92 story cards, also tarot size. Uh, 30 for Act 1, 32 for Act 2, and 34 Act 3. Then you will have normal card size, uh, 44 hero and anti-hero cards. And 12 Adversary Quest cards, which is for the bad guys. And then you have four player boards, the cardboard ones, with four hero markers. You will have 24 runes that you're going to cast during the game. And they're divided in strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma, core runes, and dark runes. And then 40 experience tokens. Those are the ones that I mentioned that the, represent like a diamond, or like a stone. They're color red. They're very nice. And that's what you get inside the box, besides the tray, besides the score sheet, besides the nice rule book. And, you know, the components are great. I, I don't have any complaint at all with the components. Um, this is the kind of games that, you know, sometimes, this is me, and I see it, like, very often as well with other players. I see that a lot of players, sometimes we try to pimp up our, our games, you know, with adding uh, some miniatures and stuff like that. Well, this game doesn't need anything more. The components are fine. They're very great. And I, I just love the divider, the tray here once again. I think it's a very nice... Component for this game, and I hope more games, you know, bring this also. Like, it would be very nice to bring uh, plastic tray dividers for the dice or for the stones or for the researchers or all that kind of stuff. But anyway, this was the box and cover section, and also combined for this show with inside the box. And now that I will talk about that, let me talk to you, let me explain you, and tell you a little bit of how the game plays. Gameplay. Okay, so now let's talk about the gameplay and how the game works. Once again, this is Call to Adventure and let's start right now. So for the object of the game, it's to acquire traits and overcome challenges to build a hero with the highest destiny score. So like I mentioned before, the game is right victory points. But one of the nicest things is not only trying to, uh, you know, get the points. Is that in the process, you will be crafting your hero. You will be making your own personal hero that at the end even if you don't win the game you will be able to share with everybody on the table you know like a little biographic i guess story of your hero that's where where the role player mechanic uh come into this game that you will need to be you know characterized as your hero uh at least on the table and then you can tell a little bit about your character once the game is done and you can give an intro if you want that will spice up the things at the beginning of the game and then for the setup, you will shuffle all the decks, the tarot cards, the hero cards, the anti-hero cards. And depends on which mode are you playing, you will get, uh, you know, a little bit of variations on the setup. But anyway, um, for the competitive or the basic uh, game that, it, that is, it was meant to be, it's, uh, you will uh, deal each character two orient cards, two motivation cards, and two destiny cards. And from here, one player will select one and they will discard the other one. They will get also a hero card. And then we, you will reveal only your origin and uh, motivation, leaving your destiny face uh, down in that way only you knows your destiny. And why? Because your destiny will trick, we, it can trigger uh, different ways of acquiring victory points at the end of the game. So you want to keep it hidden from everybody else. And then you will prepare, you know, all the story deck on your mat and everything. And then on your turn, on your turn, well, you will... Uh, this is the interesting part. On your turn, you can either gain a trade or attempt a challenge. If you gain a trade, you need to meet the requirement. And I will give you an example without spoiling you too much. Because this game also... Once you play it a couple of times, you won't be very surprised. Because you kind of will, will get to know the cards. But I don't want to spoil you. I will, I would rather you know, for you to discover. Because I think this is a game that I highly recommend for you to get and play. But for example... Um, the game divides in acts, which I will talk a little bit. But but once you gain your uh, your origin, motivation, and destination, for example, your origins will be things like, okay, you were a noble. And then it will tell you, well, you get certain abilities when you get this amount of experience tokens. Or uh, you can be a conscript, or you can be a squire, you can be a performer, a beggar, an apprentice, a sailor, different things that you can be, uh, that you can choose from your origin. And then from your motivation... It will advance to be more things. So, for example, for your motivation deck, let me tell you a little bit here. I have it here. Okay, for your motivation deck, for example, you can be seeker of the truth, or you can be vow of vengeance, or trained by a master. Different things. And then your destiny, I will mention it what it is, but you you will keep it hidden, and that will trigger more victory points at the end of the game. You will be advancing the game through acts, and each is divided on three acts. So how it works is that, like I mentioned before, you will try to gain a trade or attempt a challenge. When you attempt a challenge, it works very simple. So on the cards, on the depend on the act that you're playing. Let's say it's Act One. It will has it will have two. If it's a challenge, it will have two titles, one on the top, one on the bottom, and it will show you symbols of which kind of symbols you can use to cast the runes. And the runes are like little dominoes, square kind of. And just in case, if you're not very familiar with the word runes, but anyway, instead of rolling dice here, you will be rolling the runes, and they usually have two sides. Well, they all have two sides: either succeed or fail, or draw a card, or two succeed and one succeed, and so forth. So you know, let's say you're trying to attempt a challenge that require uh, strength. Well, you will check if you already have on your origin card the strength symbol, and if you have it and it matches, well, you will you will. Um, cast the runes, the three basic runes that you start with, and then you will add one of the strength runes as well. If you had a wisdom rune also and the challenge has a wisdom symbol, well, then you cast the strength and the wisdom and your basic three runes and you mix it, roll them like dice, you know, and depending on the results, they will tell you if you succeed the challenge or not. But before you try to attend the challenge, like I mentioned, it has two titles on the card, one on the bottom, one on the top, you will decide which of those you will go for because those are, those are different paths from the game. So you can be, I don't know, like trying to rescue somebody on the top or trying to go and fight. So you will choose, you will say, well, you know what, for this challenge, particular challenge, like I said, I don't want to spoil too much. I would like to rescue people. So you've, you've, before you roll, you first declare which one will be your path. And that's also because they have different rewards and, the ones that have better rewards, it will increase like a plus one or plus two on the challenge. and you just need to meet equal or uh, above the number of uh, the number that it tells you in the challenge with your cast when you cast the rune. So that's very simple literally. So if you attend the challenge, you succeed, you get the card and you stuck it behind your origin card. We're talking about the first act. or if you're going a trade, you do the same. You will do the same until you get three cards. Once you get three cards on the origin, the, once again, these, these cards will allow you to, to get more symbols, more wisdom, dexterity, strength, and so forth, or more victory points towards the end of the game. Then you will try to work on your motivation. And for your motivation, it will be an act too. And you will do the same. You will try to gain a trade or attempt a challenge. And once you have three cards on your motivation part, then you start to go for your destiny. And this is without revealing. So you will do be doing the same, trying to get three cards... For, to stuck them below the destiny once you complete the nine cards on your cardboard with your origin your motivation and your destiny then you've put a face up and you know if, the, if it triggers any victory point, you will add it and that's how you will win the game also the nice mechanic of this game is that you will be getting heroes and anti-hero cards and on your cardboard there's a track that it will be changing uh, while the game pro- progress so it has like a some dark track the dark side of the track i'm sorry like if you go towards the you know towards the dark side and get like a more uh you know more dark path well if you go very low on those ones ideally or usually you will lose victory points but there are some uh cards that they work as a motivation or destiny that they will tell you that if you took the dark side or the dark way or the dark path you will get victory points for every dark symbol that you get on your on your map or on your uh character tracker also, if you're going towards the dark side, you're only going to be able to play anti-hero cards. And if you're going all the opposite, more towards the bright side or the light side, you will get victory points for that as well, and you will be able to play only hero cards. The best strategy for this game, I guess, is to to depends on which cards you get at the beginning of the game. But you try to keep it balanced in that way. If you keep balance, the tracker, you are able to draw and play both, uh, you know, both sides, either. Uh, hero or anti-hero cards and this is how the competitive game plays now the difference between the cooperative and the solo mode is that you will, you will choose some bad guys that they came through during the act you will choose I don't know it can be for example the warlord it's an adversary the warlord the highest priest the demon the tyrant the sorceress there's a bunch of bad guys here on the on the base game and they will have a quest card that or a card that it will match with them and it will add some abilities for them. For just to give you an example, uh, the, let's look here to the card, of the High Priest. Okay, let's say you're gonna face the High Priest. This is the solo or cooperative mode. It will have a, I don't know a challenge number, like in this case, like an eight, and it will tell you which uh, kind of runes you can fight him with, and it will tell you how many points he can give you towards the, the end of the game, and it will say some abilities. For example, like if a hero has two dark, uh, like tracker levels or more, this challenge has plus one versus that hero, so instead of being eight, it will go to nine, and then that hash priest also has a quest card that works with him, that it says other challenges with a certain particular symbol, have a plus one, if any hero has three dark side tracker, at the end of the game, the adversary gains two experience or destiny tokens, and so forth, and then it also has like another card that works for all the bad guys, that is called Rise of the Adversary, and it's when you fail a challenge, you put a uh experience token on the on the adversary and when your insult includes to draw a hero or anti-hero cards i mean the results when you cast the wounds, the bad guy also gets a card that they will play against you or if any player ends the game with less than 30 destiny the adversary gains two experience tokens and this is important because the uh how you're going to lose in the cooperative and the solo version is that the, the according to the number of players and this is what we were talking about at the beginning with the Tiny Epic Zombies, for example, that you get more players is more easier. Here, one of the nicest thing is if you play playing solo, it's difficult. If you are playing two players, it's difficult level for two players. If three players, difficult level for two players and so forth. So that's one of the nicest things. So, for example, on the solo mode, if the adversary has... Uh, five experience tokens the adversary wins in the two player if the adversary has one two three four uh, five six seven the adversary wins so it increases by two in a three player it's two four six eight nine uh for the adversary to win and a four player is two four six eight ten eleven so once the adversary met the requirement of the experience tokens that you will be placing on him by uh, failing challenges or certain, certain card abilities, then if at some point they have the, the experience tokens that they need, they will win and you lose the game. One of the nicest thing of the cooperative is that... Sh- I mean, you can play a cooperative, but also it's semi-cooperative because let's say we're playing cooperative uh, three players, right? So let's say it's my turn and I get to defeat the, the bad guy here. So then my other friends they will also have a, a turn to to see if they're able to defeat the bad guy as well and at the end of the game we all won because we defeat the bad guy but whoever has more victory points is the biggest hero and that that's that's a cool thing one of the cool things about uh, you know the, the cooperative that yeah it is cooperative we want to kill the bad guy in order to succeed but also we want to have the victory we want to have the victory points in that way we can win the game. Um, so that's how it's going to work on the solo and cooperative variant. Remember that I told you that on the, on the cardboard, you will going to have, uh, you will have to complete nine cards, which is three cards for each, uh, motivation, um, de- uh, mo- origin, motivation and destiny. Well, on the solo or cooperative mode, you will do three for origin, three for motivation, two for destiny. And then the third one will be the bad guy that, you know, that you're trying to defeat. So that's how the, the game works. Basically, it's just trying to get victory point, casting some rooms to trying to attempt challenges, uh, try to win those challenges, trying to gain trades and, you know, trying to fall, uh, you know, the journey, you know, either if you want to be a, a good guy or a bad guy, it depends on your character path that it takes. Now, um, one of the nicest thing of this game, when you trigger the end of the game, this is when the probably one of the, funnest part of the game comes you all will have the different track of your characters how the characters will grow they he was growing or he or she was growing to being a novel all the way to being a warrior let's say but all those cards that you stuck be be, uh, be uh, sorry below the character they have certain like titles or history so you will be crafting your own character hero start off sort of like, that's what I'm saying before that this is where the role player part of the game comes into the table so you will be describing for example well you know my my character starts as a novel and then he was rescuing some kids and then he learns from the assassin and he had a fight on the street and he won and then after that he decides to join the the army to defend the castle and then he was you know giving wisdom by a wizard and then after that, he decided to take vengeance, vengeance, I'm sorry, from the people. And then he went to the dark side now. But with that vengeance, he was able to defeat the high praised uh, Inquisition. And so that's how, that's how it's going to be. You're going to be crafting your own. I just showed you an example of basically how can you craft your, your hero. Um, and also that will help you to choose probably if you, since the beginning, you want to have an idea of what kind of hero you want to craft. That will give you kind of the objectives of which cards are you trying to attempt to challenge or gain the trade during the game so basically that's how it plays it's a very fun game very nice mechanic i love the mechanic of casting the runes i mean it's like dice but just with kind of runes or dominoes like i said even if you're not very familiar with uh what runes are so you will be just like you know checking them and throwing on the on the table and you will get results and either two or three or four points or whatever and even if you lose the challenge If you're playing solo or cooperative, the downside is that the bad guy is going to get experience token that can trigger the end of the game sooner and, you know, make you lost. But the other nice thing if you're playing competitive is that if you fail a a challenge, nobody else can attempt it unless they have a card that allows them and then you will have experience token. So at the end of the game, you will get points by the cards that you play on the on the cardboard, on your math. And also by where the tracker is. Remember the light and dark tracker that you will have that allows you to play different cards and also on of how many experience tokens you have. So you will add all the, all the, all the points. And then at the end you will have the results and whoever, you know, had more points when you will also get points by the hero cards and anti-hero cards. And like I said, even if you only uh, get like, let's say uh, dark points, let's call it like that. If your uh destiny card it's more towards the dark side it will help you to trigger those points and to gain those points at the end of the game so this is the gameplay of call to adventure and now let's talk about if we rather play this game solo cooperative or competitive solo or cooperative okay so now we are in the section of the show one of my favorites to uh, to talk about if what do we think about the game and if we decide if this game is plays better as a solo or a cooperative for this game in particular I think that slightly just slightly just a tiny 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 bit it plays better as a competitive game I really do but that doesn't mean that it plays bad as a cooperative or solo it also very good I've been playing solo a lot this game and I've been enjoying it the downside of the solo game is that you craft your hero just for you. I mean, you don't have, you know, you don't tell anybody. You just tell yourself like, you know, I create this hero and on your mind you make this background or whatever. Um, and when you're playing with more people, you get that aspect of the game as well to telling them or trying to explain, you know, their role player side of the game and try to tell them,
1: you know, what what what's going on with your
0: hero, you know, what happened with your hero. And also, um, I like that even if you play... Uh, you know, the cooperative version of the game, it's kind of semi-cooperative. So that also, it's, it's very good. So I definitely think that this game plays slightly better with more people. But once again, if you want it just for solo game, I think it's still worth it. I think it's still worth it because the art is very good. The mechanics are different. Uh, the components are great. And you will like, it. you will like it anyway. You know, just the, the experience of crafting your hero and trying to defeat the bad guys. That's a very nice experience if you like this kind of theme and, you know, kind of role playing, yeah. I guess, sensation or atmosphere. So with that being said, I think the game plays very well, solo, very nice, cooperative and plays great as a competitive game. Uh, I want to make it clear, even if you're only mainly solo player, it's still a game that you want to get to your collection because you will have fun. Uh, What do I think about the game uh, from ratings wise? Uh, So like I always said, or like we said, it's uh, we use the Netflix rating, which is from zero to five, which which is five is you love it. You can play it all the time and zero. Well, you hate it for this game it's pretty easy to me to tell you that it's probably a four point five between four point five and five. It's just great. Um, I like it. It's going to be definitely one of my top ten or top five for the year. I'm looking forward to try more games, of course. There's a lot of games that they will be release on Gen Con and Kickstarters and stuff like that. But this game, like I said, I had high expectations when I started on Kickstarter and my expectations are still very high because it's a very, very nice, good game. And I I hear already rumors that about, uh, you know, upcoming expansions with famous people from famous books, <laughs> you know, participating on the game and bringing different... Uh, stories for the characters and different bad guys and different probably mechanics also so I'm looking forward to try expansions for this game as well I mean I definitely see expansions from Brotherwise for this game if we got expansions for boss monster and we had the big boss monster box I don't see why this game uh, you know it cannot go the same way so I think it's going to go the same way with a lot of expansions with different promos and stuff like that that will allow you to have different experience with the game and make the game more, more, even more fun than what it is. So that's what I think about the game. I think it plays great solo, cooperative, and competitive. And this was Call to Adventure, the episode from Solo BG Podcast. I hope all of you enjoy. And like always, I want to re- to remind you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now also on YouTube at Solo BG Podcast. If you're in YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. I will be uploading videos. As soon as I can, I will be trying to do different stuff with board game universe, uh, mainly for solo, of course. And you know, keep doing unboxings. And on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, I'm doing unboxings now with with video and audio and all that stuff, so you can check it out there as well. So remember, follow us on the social medias: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Solo BG Podcast. If you have any comment or concern, I'm usually on those social medias, you know, and I reply very quickly but if you want to send me an email you can do it to solo podcast at gmail.com as well and if you are you know you know a friend that they don't have either spotify or itunes or google play they can also find the episodes of this show on board game geek you just need to look for us at solo bg podcast as always thank you so much for all the support this is episode number 23 uh call to adventure Looking forward to recording more episodes. I would like to hear what all of you think, either in a social medias or on the comments, wherever you listen to this podcast. And just remember, please subscribe. Please give a five star wherever you're listening. And thank you so much. There's all I have to say for this episode. Call to Adventure. We know it's great. Great game. Go and play it. Go and get it. Enjoy it. Solo, cooperative, or competitive. And like always, remember... For victory go tell your friends till next time see you through the speaker and at the tabletop